You are listening to ESPN New York tonight, you know, 98.7 ESPN Radio. I just wanted to say thanks, Larry, for acknowledging healthcare professionals every day on your show. What's today's top stories? Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. All right, Dr. John, thank you very much. And we will shout out some folks this hour. Right now, he wants the top stories. Here we go. MLB owners voted unanimously to proceed with the 2020 season under the terms of their March 26th agreement with Major League Baseball's Players Association. The owners' vote now gives Commissioner Rob Manfred the power to implement a schedule of his choosing, likely between 50 and 60 games, beginning July 26th. Uh, COVID-19 permitting. Now, in its statement, the league asked that the Players Association provide two pieces of information by 5 p.m. tomorrow. The first being whether players will be able to report to training in their respective cities within seven days by July 1st. The second is whether the union will agree on the operating manual, which contains the health and safety protocols necessary to give baseball the best opportunity to conduct and compete their regular season and postseason. So as you know, earlier today, Major League Baseball Players Association Executive Board uh, voted to reject MLB's 60-game offer with all the bells and whistles. You know, DHs in both leagues, expanded playoffs. So, Jeff Passant, will the players' response include now firing a grievance? In the absence of a negotiated agreement, Rob Manfred's going to set a schedule. Some people think it's going to be 54 games. Other think he might actually set it for 60. Um, but it's not going to have expanded playoffs, and players are going to be angry. And so when it comes to wearing microphones during games, nope. When it comes to helping out and promoting the game, nope. When it comes to all these things that seemingly would make baseball a more popular or at least more enjoyable or certainly more accessible game going forward, the players are going to say no to that. Hmm. But, the, but you'll have baseball. Spring training could begin in a few weeks, but not in Florida. You know, with the increase of positive tests in the state, teams are looking into holding spring training in their major league ballpark. So Dr. Anthony Fauci was on the Michael K. Show and was asked about the risk MOB would run playing in October. If, in fact, and I hope we don't, if you have a substantial outbreak, so-called a second wave in the fall, overall, the danger and the risk of penetrating through the shield that you're trying to put around this when you go becomes greater. That doesn't mean you shouldn't play in October. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a World Series. And the reason I get perplexed about it is because when it gets taken out of context, it's saying, well, he doesn't think that there should be a season in which you can have a World Series in October. I never said that. That is for the league and the players to decide, not for me. The only thing I can tell you is that the risk if you have a second wave in the fall and winter, is greater than you would have if you have a low level in the summer. That's all I said. Mm -hmm. I said nothing about having a World Series or not. So, Dr. Fauci, which of the sports returning concerns you the most? The sport that has the most contact, which in this case is football, is something you need to pay attention to and figure out how you can get players to play a season safe and in what particular circumstance. And that's really going to depend in many respects on the status of the outbreak at the time that that season is being played. So, I mean, I I have a concern about the health of everyone, and I certainly am a sports lover, and I want a concern about the health of the players. So, I mean, if the specific answer to your question, those sports in which there is the most contact and depending upon the status of the outbreak. 
Well, speaking of contact sports, that's what the NBA is. So, Dr. Fauci, with the spike of COVID-19 cases in Florida, how concerned are you with this NBA, quote, bubble, unquote? It's always a concern when you have an outbreak of the magnitude that we've seen in Florida. Technically speaking, if you abide strictly by the bubble that has been proposed as the mechanism of avoiding any issues with infection, that should not make that much difference. But the only thing is... You bubble the players, but when you're in an area where there's so much infection going on, you know, the players would have some kind of interaction with outside people. Somebody has to take care of them. People need to serve them meals and things like that. I know that there's a good degree of safety around that because I've heard of the plans and I've even publicly said that they sound like they're really good and well thought out and have been essentially planned to be implemented with a good degree of of care. But certainly you would rather have it in a place where there is not a lot of activity. Hopefully the Florida situation can get under control pretty quickly, but it certainly is concerning what is going on in Florida right now. No question about it. And as he mentioned, when you consider the players are under the bubble, but people who are serving them food and cleaning their rooms, they aren't. So how is that going to work? Stay tuned. Let's stay in the NBA. Our Brian Windhorse on the Hoops Collective says the NBA, all these numbers that are going up in Florida, not deterred by the increased cases. When I talk to people and, and I talk about the the rates, I'm like, have you guys seen these rates in uh, these positive rates in Orlando? And Florida in general, and guys that I'm talking to are like, yes, we see them, but we're not going to be in Orlando. We're going to be in our bubble. And maybe that's naive, but maybe it's not. Well, I think it is naive, Brian. And and he adds the NBA, though, working very hard on its return because they really can't fail. The reason this is going forward is because the league shifted from the idea that they couldn't play with players with any coronavirus to we can't continue to play if we have players who are positive. Um, and here's how I'm going to term it. It's too big to fail. It's too much money and it's too big to fail. Now, I say that sitting here on the night of June 21st, we may get to July 15th and we may have guys testing positive or five guys on a team testing positive or what have you. And, and there is a tipping point. We don't know. I'm not saying that's not going to happen, Nick, but I'm, I, I, my feel from talking to people in the league is that that is not, that is not the way that they think it's going to go. And rightfully so. I understand they're not looking at it to say, Oh my God, here's what's going to happen. We're going to put this together. We're going to have all these cases and it's not going to work. Otherwise they wouldn't have planned it that way, but hopefully they do have a backup plan and they've indicated that they do. They have a way to quarantine, remove the people that are tested positive, quarantine them and everybody that came in contact with them and put them out of the bubble and then add some players in. Now these players, I would assume are also locked into the bubble. So we're hoping that this turns out well, but I'm telling you, if it doesn't, it could shut down the same way it's shut down in March. So I have to see what happens with that. Let's head to NASCAR. Bubba Wallace said, quote, the sport is changing, unquote, in front of a horde of fans, many of whom were wearing Black Lives Matter T-shirts after an emotional race earlier today at the Talladega Super Speedway in Alabama. Wallace, as you know, is NASCAR's only black full-time driver, was joined by all 39 other drivers and their crews in the march down pit road as they pushed this number 43 to the front of the line in the moments before the race. The gesture came just one day after a noose was found in his garage stall. When they reached the front line, Wallace climbed out of his car and wept. 
Ryan McGee was on the SB Post Game Show last night and said NASCAR is looking for who did it. That was a very, very isolated incident. You know, because of the, of the pandemic, there's an extremely limited number of people allowed in that garage. It's just essential personnel. It's people that work on race teams. It's track security and track employees, and that's really kind of it. There's no fans. There's no hot passes. None of that stuff. There's no tours in the garage like they normally are. And so NASCAR's smoking this guy out, this man or whoever it is. And that's what's happening here because they could have settled this thing. There were only a couple of people that knew about it. Bubba Wallace didn't know about it until he was told about it. And so what's happening is is that they're sending a message, and they're starting the process of whoever it was, they're letting them know they can't hide, and they're closing the ranks on this person. So what makes this interesting, as Marty Smith mentioned on Get Up This Morning with Greeny, Obviously, because of the situation with COVID-19, there's not a whole lot of movement and not a whole lot of access to the garage area. So clearly, a fan was not the culprit. Because of COVID-19, the garage area is roughly one-third or so of the amount of personnel you would typically see. Uh, it's about 16 people per team because of the COVID-19 protocol and restrictions. Fans are not allowed. This was not a situation where a fan might have meandered in and done this because there were no fans in the garage. So what you're looking at is you're looking at team members. You're looking at officials. You're looking at potential security. You're looking at maybe cleaning personnel that have access to these garage areas. Um, but there was a lot of speculation last night about whether or not a fan might have made his or her way in there. There were no fans. So... I think that we can safely say that that can be removed from the from the search and the equation. You know, if not for sure, there's a fuel. Wallace might have had a chance to race for the win today. A late stop for gas led to a 14th place finish, but it felt like a win for Bubba. He went to the fence and slapped hands through the wiring with a group of fans, many wearing I Can't Breathe t-shirts as they cheered. Wallace apologized for not wearing a mandatory mask, but didn't put it on because, quoting him, I wanted to show whoever it was, you're not going to take away my smile. End of quote. You know, ladies and gentlemen, very quietly, well, not so quietly, this is something that has happened over the past couple of months. There have been a number of African-American men who have been hung in California. The news here. And for those of you who didn't know this happened, for those of you who are surprised, for those of you who are horrified, I hate to tell you, I'm not surprised. I expected there would be backlash. There are people who feel that what's happening now is taking away from their heritage. It's take that the fact that the Confederate flag is not being flown is taking away from how they feel and their history. They don't care about how it feels to African-Americans or black and brown people. They don't care about that. They're only concerned about themselves. And so as Marcus Spears said this morning, racists, there's a new day. I think right now everybody is on. We, we kind of going with the with the roller coaster that is. When things happen, we shoot up and get all super emotional about it. And you know this, this whole thing is created. I'm I'm done reacting to foolishness. I'm done reacting to fools. I'm done reacting to people that don't get it. Like time is moving forward. They're getting left behind. Racist people are getting left behind. Does that mean it doesn't exist? No, it exists. We see it. We see it play out right with this situation right here. But 
I'm, I'm, I'm done coming on television talking about idiots that hide and are cowards and want to do these type of things in the dark. Because if you do things in the dark, obviously you know that they are wrong. And ultimately, as my mama used to say, what's done in the dark eventually comes to light. That's our top stories for today. Thank you, Giselle, Joel, and Kyrie. Hey, if you have a small business trying to get the word out that you're still serving the community, please let us know. We've had over 350 local businesses do just that. Reach out, and we're still sharing their messages. Send us an email to 987ESPN at gmail.com. Let us know your story so we can pass the word along to our listeners. Again, that's 987ESPN at gmail.com. Your calls are next on 987ESPN.